0: If you want to participate, contact me at OrdinaryWomenPodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure you have great projects to brag about. You can also follow me and message me on Instagram at OrdinaryWomenPodcast, on Twitter at OrdinaryWomenPC, or on Facebook on the page Ordinary Women. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Ordinary Women. I'm welcoming Ruth today. Hi, how are you?
1: Hi, good, thanks. How are you doing?
0: I'm good too, thank you. Really excited to have you here today. Can you start by giving us a quick introduction of yourself, please?
1: Sure, of course. Uh, well, first of all, thanks thanks for having me. Um, so my name's Ruth. I'm originally from Scotland, um, but I'm currently based here in Barcelona. I've been here for the past five years. And before that, you yeah, have been living in a few different places uh, in Italy and in France, and yeah, I work at a tech school for women, trans and non-binary folk. So basically, I work as like the the general manager for the school, which is basically trying to support more women to transition into tech careers from non-technical backgrounds.
0: That's super cool. Can't wait to hear everything about that. Um, and is there something unusual about your
1: Oh, good question. I think, I mean... But I think there's something unusual about everyone, right? Um, I would consider myself as quite ordinary, I guess. Um, Maybe just, yeah, what I was saying before, like because I've moved around quite a bit, um, I think that in itself has has made me quite unusual. Um, Certainly uh, meeting a lot of people from different cultures, speaking different languages. um, Yeah, I would say
0: that that's what makes me a bit more unusual. So cool. I love that. Obviously, on this podcast, we talk a lot about what it's like to be a woman. So I'd like to start by asking, was there a moment or an event in your life when you realized that you are a woman? Oh, yes. Um, well, so
1: for context, I'm one of three siblings. And I, so okay. I have two brothers. And yeah, I guess this this makes sense. So when I was younger, it was like, one summer, I think we we're at my grandparents' house, and I have this really vivid memory of my grandpa teaching all of us how to how to weld, so two bits of metal, how to basically weld them together. And both my brothers got to have a like a go, they got to practice doing it. and I just have this really vivid memory of uh, not being allowed to do it, and the, the reason I wasn't allowed to do it was because I'm a girl. And even though I was so young, it's probably because I was too young. It totally makes sense. But at that time, I was like, "This just doesn't seem fair." Like, it's uh, that's the first point when I realized I was different from my brothers. Because the only reason I couldn't do this and like be like involved with like what my grandpa was doing was
0: because, basically, I'm a girl. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. That's also because it sounds so fun to do, and like, yeah, I think the fun as a child is like the most (laughs) annoying thing. I mean, even as an adult. At least for fun, so, like,
1: let exactly. do it. I, I still have, I mean, I was definitely very young, but I still have this, like, uh, like I still remember the frustration I had of just not understanding yeah. why I couldn't participate in this, like, activity that they were all getting to do. Um, and I really, I just have this really vivid moment of my grandpa being like, no, no, little girls can't do this, or something like this. And probably, yeah, it was dangerous, so I totally get him. But also, it was the first <laughs> moment I was like, well, I'm not the same as my brother's.
0: Uh, did you ever do that later in life? Did you
1: ever get to try? I think I was unlucky. Like, I've always been the type of person that kind of throws myself into, into different things. I think I've never actually welded something. This would be something I want to try, but certainly <laughs> similar things. Yeah, I've always been up for trying to get involved where I
0: can. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad that you have that spirit, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and did you grow up with any women role models?
1: Um, I would say not really to be honest I mean apart from the obvious ones like obviously I mean I'm lucky I come from a very loving family like my parents my, so my, my mom my grandmother uh, cousins whatever but like in terms of role model role model um, I was trying to think and really I can't think of someone that I looked up to that was out, outside of like my family circle um which is unusual as well because I was quite heavily involved in different sports when I was younger so um like was also in touch with a lot of female athletes and stuff like this but I can't think of any names or any like female athletes that I looked up to at the time um and so yeah not really to be honest yeah that's really interesting and what about now then um now certainly there's uh well lots of if we're just talking about female role models I mean certainly when I was younger there was like general role models I guess male role models like teachers I can definitely think of yeah. but n- now um certainly there's a few like female role models and there has been throughout my my life and I would say like career but also like personal life as well um <laughs> one for me it sounds a bit cliche at the moment it's actually my boss uh she's like a female CEO founder mother as of two days ago um but yeah for for me has always been kind of like a mentor figure as well um and so certainly if we're talking about role model and professionally speaking then she's someone that I would that I would point to as as a role model
0: I love that what do you think she teaches you I think
1: I mean, certainly if we're thinking about this mentorship role, like it's really important that anyone that's in the well, certainly from her side, just seeing the whole process of starting a business. I can give you a bit of context, first of all. Like I've been there very much since the beginning of when she came up with the idea of building uh, CodeUp, which is the school uh, that I work at. And the nice thing about it is, uh, I mean, she hired me off the cuff kind of because she needed someone she actually I mean it's, it's another story I don't know if you want me to tell it now but she met me in a bar and basically offered me a job from that Um, so there was no oh official God. job pro, like job interview process but <laughs> really showed trust in me from the beginning but also I mean she was going through the process of building a business and I think what's been really nice is involving me in a lot of the process because this has helped me grow as well, professionally speaking. And then from another side, I would say a skill that she shows, and I think it's really important, is like empathy towards other people and uh, as a boss, but also like as a friend. And I think uh, it's been really nice to just have that that constant support throughout as well and see... The way you, she treats others, and also want wanting to replicate that with now, for example, the teams that I'm managing, the the customers that we're speaking to, like wanting to be able to replicate what she does to me uh, internally to everyone that we have externally.
0: That's so interesting. She sounds awesome. I love that.
1: Or on your next, on your next podcast, <laughs>
0: <laughs> please. <laughs> and do you think that the lack of representation of women in society? Had an impact on you growing up. So I was thinking
1: about this the other day because someone was asking. I mean, a lot, a lot of what I do in my day to day is like talking to companies and about how they can get more representation in their teams and stuff like this. Mm. And actually, for me personally, growing up, I don't. I mean, I come from. I mean, I come from the UK. Uh, I think we were always going kind to of given a lot of fair opportunities to be involved in different things. But I was thinking of like specific things that I was involved in. And actually, like I can give you some examples, but when I started them, there were no uh, women or girls involved with these activities. But then by the time I left, there was like core groups of women there. So I don't know if it's a generational thing or an age thing, or if there was some factor of... I went along with a bunch of friends and suddenly I saw the change. I was part of that change. Um, but to give you an example is... Uh, So I'm from Scotland and it's quite common where I'm from, we have a pipe band, so like traditionally with bagpipes um, and it's common that the children in the town would join the pipe band and when I joined, I was eight years old, I went with one friend and there was, there were no other girls in the band, it was just me and my friend, but we stayed in that band for 10 years And basically in our final few years of being part of this pipe band, there was about 50% representation of of girls versus boys uh, in the band. And I really think that was like breaking down stereotypes of what you traditionally would think of a pipe band as being, I mean, it was only the men that would participate in this. And we would go to competitions and actually we won a lot of competitions. And it was, we kind of became known as like the, we were the drummers, we weren't actually playing the pipes, um, but we were all girls uh, in the band and we, we went on to kind of win quite a few competitions. So this is just like one of the examples I was thinking of, like when I started at eight, there was not a single guy there, a uh, girl there. And then when I
0: finished at 18, it was
1: 50% representation from there.
0: I love that. And yeah, when you said that, yeah, you don't know if it's representation, generational, if you gave representation, I'm sure it's like, um, I'm sure it's about all of these. And I'm sure that you've inspired other people and also made their their parents know that it was okay for girls to do
1: that. Yeah, I think it's like a combination of of all these things is again, also with sports. I mean, uh, like a lot of the sports clubs I was involved with it was like doing male, let's say male dominated sports, but then quite quickly, mm-hmm. we became like, could like for example at my school we started the first female uh, football team and uh, yeah I think it it took a community of people to get there but you always need uh, those few to start by joining the the boys sessions first of all to show that there's an interest to then get enough people involved or to show that there can be community there to actually to start a girls team on that side as well definitely yeah completely
0: um look at you being a precursor I love it (laughs) I don't know about that it's yeah it's really really cool do you still play the drums
1: uh no so that was really just 10 years of my my school life uh from 8 to 18 that was kind of just part of that and as soon as I finished school I was like never again it was amazing I loved it it was (laughs) a massive part of my life but uh very very Scottish let's say and uh you can't play drums without backpack so I really needed
0: five <laughs> mm, years of my life to, to continue <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> thank you so much for sharing um I'd like to jump on kind of the second part of this podcast and talk about yeah project life experience achievement colleagues however you want um yeah that you want to talk about and that you're proud of so what do you want to talk to us about today
1: Sure. So I think, I mean, although this is not like my project, it, like I mentioned before, it's kind of something I've been working on for the past four or yeah. five years. Uh, certainly with what we're working on here in Barcelona, and this is, it's called CodeUp. It's this tech school for, for women, trans and, and non-binary folk. Um, so to give you some context, basically, my boss, she was a data scientist, uh, came to Barcelona was working as part of a team of data scientists and like and was really sick of the fact that like there was a lot of bro culture in her team, didn't have any female role models to look up to, was quite quickly kind of burnt out of what she thought was gonna be a really kind of exciting, intellectually stimulating career because she didn't have any like companions within that, let's say. And so created this idea that maybe we could she could start a a school for for people that would were wanting to transition into tech but basically a community of of women that um are facing something similar and like showing them that they could actually get into into tech as well that's
0: so so cool i love it yeah that's amazing so and yeah you mentioned that you met her in the bar and that she she (laughs) (laughs) offered you a job tell us what happened if I could leave any advice to anyone, is
1: is uh, less CVs, less sending CVs, and more going to bars to, to have
0: a drink. More vines. More <laughs> bars, more wine. This is so, like, Great Britain. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And actually, it's like... I have to say that this was uh, actually advice that didn't come from me. It came from someone at university Um, when I I was at uni. So I really wanted to become like a a diplomat or like work for the United Nations or something like this. And I remember like in my third year at uni, we went to this event and it was like, there were going to be these representatives from the United Nations and they were going to tell us everything we had to do to, to get in, basically. And it was like sold out because basically that's what everyone wanted to be. And the, I re, I don't remember anything about the talk, but I have this really vivid memory that the person that turned up to the talk, at the end, they were like, if I can give you any advice, it's study, like, don't study so hard and make sure you also go to the bars because basically saying, like, the soft skills that you build is just as important as the, like, the hard skills that you, you'll need to pass the test or to get into that job or do well in that job as well. So, uh, yeah, it's not actually advice from me, but it worked for me because... <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I was unemployed. I was here in Barcelona, um, I decided to leave my previous role and quite frustrated, wasn't sure what I wanted to do and happened to have some friends visiting for the weekend and we, we I went to meet them in a bar and it happened to be that they had friends in common, which in the end, friend of a friend let's say, the, was my, my now boss and uh, she always jokes that basically she remembers me kind of walking in and just kind of like, (laughs) I don't know, uh, picking up a glass of wine and sort of like stealing the conversation. And and she's like, I need somebody that can come in and talk to future students and kind of manage the student part of the company that she was building and just like the client side, let's say. I mean, we didn't really talk that much that evening. But the next day I woke up and kind of had a text message from another friend that was passing my number on to another friend and was like, oh, by the way, one of the people that was there last night, she wants to invite you for an interview. And so the next day I went for an interview. Um for to basically to work as the position had no name it was just to help I think was the role because that's how it is in startup world yeah. and that quite quickly turned into I mean I'm still here four years later and the general manager yeah. of of uh, what's a thriving startup so um, moral of the story is uh, yeah go to the bar <laughs>
0: <laughs> go get that pines you might get,
1: you might job, get the job yeah, yeah yeah I and love that but also yeah oh sorry no, I was going to say the amount of CVs that I had sent and not had any replies at all, and then to just not send anything and turn up and, and get a job and the an interview like that is, yeah, it was quite different.
0: Yeah, I'm currently looking for a job. Maybe I need to, like, send my <laughs> computer down and go to the pub to the instead. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that story. And also, yeah, I mean, I guess we always hear about how important to like have your network and like networking and blah 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 but that's when it actually makes sense like your stories like that it's like yeah
1: yeah I I think there's there's networking and there's like actual like um genuine networking where it's people that care about you and they 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 want you to or don't or people see the good in you and and they want to go with that whereas you have networking which can be very uh like high like super superficial kind of level like of just I don't know not not being able to actually get to know someone properly or who they are
0: yeah no that makes complete sense like I don't know how to phrase that (laughs) like yeah just meeting people to meet people and to say like yeah I know a lot of people collecting yeah collecting contacts right it's yeah yeah yeah, exactly that as opposed to like actually talking to people and yeah I went to my first networking events event a few weeks ago and i was surprised that people were nice <laughs> no but like yeah it's it was actually really nice to like meet people it was a like women networking event and Aww. from a charity so it was yeah a lot of like really good people and so like actual connections is just so nice um, yeah.
1: yeah i think you'd be surprised as well like people actually there they want to get to know you or want to help you as well yeah
0: um, as long as you're in the right circle Completely. Even with this podcast, there's always a moment when we talk about work and when I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'm looking for a job. The amount of people who have told <laughs> me, oh, let me add you to that group, that person is looking for, uh, look in this company, I can recommend you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you don't know me, you know what I mean? Like, we've had a, a 5 minutes chat. Conversation, yeah. Oh, nice. I, I love people. I love yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Coming back to your projects, so then what happened? So, like, basically, I guess that like you really much helped her creating it, right? Because you mentioned that she had the idea, but nothing was done, right?
1: More or less. So I came in uh, after the first year, and so basically there had been a couple uh, two what we call cohorts or so classes of students that had basically tested out the, the curriculum, and we managed to prove that there was an interest in it and that people could get jobs after doing these intense courses. And so I came, I that was in 2019 that I joined, and then, I mean, quite quickly, the company grew from there. I mean, just like any startup, I think, uh, there was a lot of momentum at the beginning to, like, uh, everyone has a lot of ideas, and basically we managed to start rolling out different programs, and really attracting women, so I, we say women plus, so women, trans, non-binary folk, from all over the world that were interested in in switching careers and I think it goes back to the question that you were asking before, like uh, a lot of people I, sp- I was speaking to or I speak to now on a day-to-day basis are in careers that maybe they picked because at the time they didn't, didn't have the exposure to like STEM subjects or they didn't have the role models that were in those classes. I mean even in my case, I mean I definitely went down the social science route. And it's not because I couldn't do the STEM subjects. I was actually, I picked physics in one of my last years of school. And I was the only one of two girls in the class. Uh, And so these types of things at the top of the kind of, uh, like when you're a child, top of the funnel, let's say, have then led to these women now wanting to change or they're frustrated with their careers in their 30s or late 20s and looking for something that's more stimulating. And so, yeah, it's been really nice because we've basically got people joining us from from all all over the world. I think the pandemic kind of helped in that sense because our courses moved online, which just opened up the opportunity to meet people from all over. And now we have uh, hundreds of people studying with us. Uh, They're mothers, people that have transitioned from being like dentists to developers or like uh, security guards. Honestly, I've seen every single transition uh, into tech. And like I've met really really like super superhuman women just doing amazing things.
0: That's so cool. I love it. And yeah, I guess yeah, coding like really grew. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I it wasn't aware it was a thing before a few years ago. <laughs> but I felt like really, really grew these past years.
1: Yeah. Oh I think this is another thing is like I mean computer science was always a degree that we was probably an option for all of us right but it wasn't yeah. well known and i think there wasn't a connection between like what could you do if you had a computer science degree what does that actually mean and then obviously with the pandemic a lot of things moving online accelerated the need for more developers but also more data scientists and uh, more product managers i mean really uh, it just created a lot more roles within the tech industry and i think the nice thing as well is any job these these days is changing quite fast in the sense that like for example you can't just be a coder you can't just have that skill it's actually more attractive to have maybe years of experience in under in like marketing or understanding how a business works because then you have the transferable skills of that plus your ability to to code which makes you kind of uh like uh, like better in or better in your job than maybe if you just came from a pure coding background as well and so I think we're seeing that with a lot of the roles these days is they're changing with the times that you're actually having to have like really cross departmental skills and uh, this is what's helping a lot
0: yeah that that's so interesting honestly it's so yeah it's okay like work is so funny yeah. <laughs> it's like really like the job job and work world is really particular yeah um, but as,
1: yeah. I, as I say, one of the the things that I've seen it's been really nice is like bringing together wo- like women from all over uh to build things. So part of what we do in our courses is like they have to build their first ever project so like to break it down or to simplify it, it's like building your first website, let's say. and Fun. one of the interesting things and I swear where this is like social impact on like a really micro level and so if you could replicate it in the world it would really make it make a difference but like all the projects that our students seem to build are always like answer solutions to kind of real world problems in the sense that uh i don't know they've built i don't know in the pandemic someone built an app to find to locate all the green spaces near your house so that you knew where you could go to exercise or a lot of people that are mothers maybe they have like uh, i remember one mother she had an autistic child so she built an app for her to to support like with like her child she was supporting them with like reading so it was like an app that walked them through this process or like they're always apps that really solve problems that need to be solved rather than maybe just there because like for entertainment and stuff like this and so it always reminds me that like if you have more representation kind of of women in tech roles in general in companies think of all the really cool like or all the problems that we could be solving
0: uh with this as well yeah that's so nice i i love that have you ever thought or is it in your plans to like one day have kind of a branch of that where you help people do the project for real all along or is it maybe not your road i don't know
1: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly something I think that could be interesting to explore is like have, I mean, like taking on companies like problems and being able to say, okay, look, we can we can resolve them here uh, within Mm -hmm. CodeUp. I think it's something certainly at the moment that we're not capable of doing just with the the size of the company. But certainly more and more what we are seeing is companies coming to us and saying, hey, look, we're advertising for these roles on LinkedIn and we really want to find like more diverse profiles but what happens when we post on LinkedIn is we're not getting anybody that's applying so our understanding is that there's no women developers out there and then then actually the like so then basically what we do is we do like I, I always describe myself as like the tinder of like uh, <laughs> companies because basically like it's in our interest that we support our students as much as possible so we support them in getting their first jobs and they're in companies that they actually feel like they're they're gonna thrive in as well and so what we do is we just like we'll match them up so we'll say hey send us the job description we'll send you a few profiles and put you together and and that way you can find more diverse profiles quickly as well
0: yeah that's so yeah because then also if if it's people who don't know anything about representation have just heard like how need quotas or whatever i guess exactly oh like just want to do their part but don't know how to do that super cool that you're
1: yeah I think exactly like what, what you said there is is what's happening it's like I think we're now living in a world where like everyone knows that there's like a gender disparity problem in general in in a lot of uh, sectors and everyone's aware of that but no one really knows what they can what they can do to to help And I think, uh, like you're saying, in some cases, maybe it's just a question of, like, hitting quotas. Uh, But even when they try to do that, they don't know how to because they still get, like, the majority of people that apply are, are, I don't know, white males or whatever. And so it's about also, like, trying to support as much as possible. And and to some extent, we're then the experts in that area and just making sure that we can make the process as easy as possible so that we can uh, bring those two together
0: yeah completely and so when you find jobs for your students for the students um yeah is it a lot of companies who come to you or do you look for companies or like kind of mix of both it's a
1: combination so like we try to support as much as possible because we want to really make sure that the right comp, like students are finding themselves in the right companies and also get the word out there about what we're doing so that companies can keep coming back and hiring our students like because from our side obviously one of our key metrics is like not just training more women plus to get into tech but supporting them so they can stay in tech and so supporting them means helping them find a job quickly but then also making sure that company is the type of company that will help them grow and support them and so we kind of offer support at all different parts of the funnel let's say and then also there's the other side where our students will also look for companies as well. So we try our best to also look for companies that, and then just send, send our students to them as well.
0: Cool. And so you mentioned having, yeah, like making sure that the company is good. How do you know they're, like, I'm thinking especially we're still living in a quite transphobic world where, yeah, trans and non-binary folks might have, I mean, I don't know how it is in, Spain but I know that and my previous company let's say it was not so great for that so how do you know how do you make sure that the companies are like decent human beings basically yeah normal to other (laughs) human beings I think this is the
1: hard thing as well and this is a conversation I think I was having with some of the students the other day it's like we set them up thinking oh like once you finish your course because you've studied with this like in this like nice setting with these amazing groups group of women and you've had your community and stuff like this, we kind of set it up as if that's what every job's gonna look like after that. And of course that's not the case. I mean so many people I speak to that they start their first role and they've quite quickly like have to change jobs or they leave their job because they feel like there's a bit of discrimination within the company and things like this. And I I think we don't have any like power, let's say, to to influence how a company like culture is going to be, but what we can yep. do is certainly educate on that. And so, what's been quite a kind of nice byproduct of what we do is it was what was, I was mentioning before is sometimes we get invited into companies, talk about. So, like last week, I was at a company where they were looking to to kickstart kind of like a a group of like a, a forum for. for was to support more women so eventually they could reach their goal, which was to basically have, like, 30% representation in leadership positions in the next two years or something like that. 30% uh, of women in le- in leadership uh, roles. And it's really nice because they do come to us to just kind of kickstart the conversation and really understand what the, I think what we can say is, like, what are the fears or what are the blockers that women might have that will stop them from moving up in their career and we know this because we talk to them every single day and so that's like uh, obviously they're, they're always the primary carers or often they're the primary carers of like children or sick family and stuff like this they they might need uh, more support certainly if they've transitioned roles like they, they want to feel that mentorship they want to feel that uh, support moving up but also like they want to have equal access to like training opportunities and make sure that they're working in the roles that are gonna still be there in a few years time because quite often it happens that they go into like technical admin roles that might disappear in a few years time as well. So it's all these things come together to kind of uh, if you can if a company can do them then it will better support more women to stay in the company once they join
0: yeah how did you learn about all of this like was it part of your training was it on something that you already knew oh my god no (laughs) (laughs) definitely not I would I mean
1: honestly like from talking to women every single day so like Mm -hmm. a lot of my years at uh, Codop have been interviewing people that are interested in doing our courses so and this is where I think like I'm really lucky about my job in the sense that Uh, I just get to spend my whole day just having conversations because in the end, they're not really interviews. It's more like finding out about what people are up to now, what their concerns are about like changing careers and how we can support them as well. So I think I've spoken to like thousands of people uh, that are looking to, to do a tech course to be able to them into, get, get, I don't know, more better financial stability or a remote position or a better job in general or just something that's more intellectually stimulating. And so, yeah, definitely just kind of learned from
0: meeting a lot of people, a lot of
1: amazing women. So cool. I
0: love that. Um, and did you face any challenges or like what type of challenges have you faced? Oh, definitely. I mean, the
1: I think the very fact of being part of a startup or being part of a very young company you have the day-to-day challenges of of not being able to I mean you're t- testing and trying stuff and, and hoping it's going to work but you also have to be able to pay the bills at the end of the month and there's so many variables that can be changing all the time that you don't have the same let's say structure that a, a more established company would have so certainly like anybody working in within Uh, a company I mean a young company or something that's just started they need to be very resilient to change and maybe you've been working on a project for ages and then suddenly we come in and we say that's not going to work anymore let's we're going to have to change change it up to something else so I think the nice thing for me just from like a personal like from a professional sense is even though I've only been working in this company let's say four years I feel like the learning curve has been about 10 years experience. And so I feel like I've really had exposure to how different teams work, how a company can grow and the different phases of a startup as well. Um, And yeah, lots of bumps on the way, but uh, yeah, I still still feel like I wake up on every morning and I'm happy to go to work every day, which is what I was looking for when uh, I was changing jobs four years ago as well.
0: That's so cool. Yeah, and like hearing you speaking about it and the very fact that you came here um, to speak about it, yeah, I can hear how happy you sound. <laughs> <laughs> I think, as I say, for me, like uh, it was really important
1: to. So, I studied international relations, and a lot of my, my master's was around corporate social responsibility. And, like, I think from the very beginning, I was always set like, whenever I find work, I want to make sure it's something in society or uh, like making sure that like being able to support in some way and i think the nice thing about working where i am now is it does feel like you're making a difference even if it's a very small change
0: yeah and like yeah at the scale of the world it might be a small change but i'm sure that at the scale of these people's lives it might be such a drastic and like important and amazing change for them so that's super super cool
1: yeah it's really nerdy but I have a, a folder on my on my computer and I, I really recommend this to anyone that just well for people personally but I have it more from like our student perspective so like I was saying before you have a lot of people that transition from like being I don't know 10 years as a, as a mother out of work and now they're working in data as a data scientist they're earning a bigger salary than maybe they've earned before or things like this and often they contact us maybe six months to a year down the line to say, hey, look, I'm working at Google now, or hey, I'm at Facebook or, sorry, Meta, or hey, I'm working for this company now. And so every time we get these emails or, like, these Slack messages or whatever it's on LinkedIn, I just take a screenshot and I have this folder on my computer and it's called the Happy Student Folder. Um, and honestly, like, if, I don't know, if I, every time our team are, like, feeling down or whatever else, I just, like, send them the link to that folder and i'm like check out all these like this is the reason why we're, we're like working as hard as we're working because like you are making a difference on even if it's a small scale to individual lives as well that is so
0: cool i love it i was gonna ask why are you proud of this um yeah i guess we touched a bit on that for it, but i don't know do you still want to answer the question why are you proud of this and of yourself with this I think
1: for yeah for exactly that, that that the small change that's that's happening is uh, we're a really small team and we're we're working hard and and like having a big impact as well and so um I think yeah certainly I'm proud of how far we've come if you just reflect on the past four years and how much more we still have to come I mean everybody still turns up every day with lots of good ideas and uh, a lot of ambition to kind of keep the company growing and keep supporting more and more women. And I think our mission is not just local to Barcelona anymore. It's really like we have students all over and I think we want to keep going in that direction.
0: I love that. I think we're gonna conclude our episode on this. Thank you so much. It was so interesting and Yeah, such an amazing I didn't even ask what's the na- oh no, you say did Buffalo, sorry. What's the name of the name of the company? <laughs> it's called Code Up. Okay perfect. I'll put the link in the show notes. So if anyone is interested, they can go on your website. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so, so interesting to hear you um, speak about it. Is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to mention before we finish?
1: No, just keep doing what you're doing. I think it's really important to highlight Uh, All the amazing things that are happening out there, and all the amazing women that are doing cool things as well. And so, yeah, uh, I really like the idea of this podcast. And I think, uh, yeah, keep doing what you're doing.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. And same around what you're doing is like so, so cool. So, yeah, can't wait to see how much more you're going to grow and how many more people you're going to (laughs) impact. Thank you. And there is a tradition in this podcast that the guest always gets the very last word. So the mic is yours.
1: I'm going to leave with what I started with, which is less sending your CVs and more going to the bar, because uh, that's always going to help in terms of supporting you with your job search as well. It's important to have social skills as well as technical hard skills as well.